Welcome to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. I'm Josh Elledge, founder and CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We turn entrepreneurs into media celebrities, grow their authority, and help them build partnerships with top influencers. We believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world. Stick around to the end of the show, where I'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing daily inspiration podcasts on the planet in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Jen Amos. And today I have with me Brett Tremley, who is the co-founder of Get Staffed Up. So a little bit about Brett. He is a lawyer, entrepreneur, and delegation expert. Him and his co-founder, Enrique Fernandez, are on a mission to help fellow lawyers delegate their way to freedom. Brett and Enrique are helping lawyers realize that being happy and having a profitable law firm that works for them, and not vice versa, isn't as hard as we make it. That's why in early 2018, they started Get Staffed Up LLC, which is quickly scaling and approaching Inc. 5000 eligibility in 2020. Brett, welcome to the show. Jen, thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm very honored to be here. Yeah, I'm really excited to dive into this conversation. Um, I have to say that my assumption of lawyers early on was that they were intimidating and, <laughs> and they uh, always have these intimidating offices. Uh, and I just overall was very intimidated by them. So I am just excited to be talking to you because one, you are a lawyer, but also you're an entrepreneur and you're teaching people, you're teaching other lawyers to build a virtual business. So let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, and how, what, what came first, lawyer, entrepreneur, or delegation expert? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I was going to say, in fairness, um, my law firm, we, we do have kind of a, what I hope is a nice, big, friendly to clients, intimidating to opposing, you know, uh, mm -hmm. parties type, type atmosphere. But I think, yeah, it's par for the course. But, but big law is something that's hanging on by a thread. And more and more mm -hmm. people are going to small and medium-sized law firms getting the same service. Mm -hmm. But but not paying exorbitant fees because that's what the market's demanding. That's what um, diversification is providing. So, but to an answer your question, what really came first is entrepreneur. The story is when I was in first grade, I, my mom, um, who was a teacher and so was a little bit late, picked mm -hmm. me and my older brother up from school and we go to the car with, with Coca-Colas, right? Which were still in the glass bottles because mm. this was in the mid eighties. Um, I would guess I was six. And, and snacks. And she's like, where, where did you guys get the money for that? And my older brother's like, oh, you know, Brett bought them for us. So I was taking the pens from my father's jewelry store mm -hmm. and selling them to my classmates without, you know, without even asking. So oh my gosh. on the one hand, I was kind of stealing. But on the <laughs> other hand, now that I have kids, it's a bigger story to me because because to me, I was like, yeah, who I was just trying to make money, right? Mm -hmm. But not every not every person is built that way. And so um, that was just kind of how my, my brain worked. And, and maybe because my, my grandfather had a jewelry store in a small town, sold it to my dad, you know, the small business background, mm. but I always found ways to make my own money. And, and law school was more of a, I didn't quite want to grow up yet. I wanted to go for three more years of school. I went to university of Miami. So it was a big city for the first time. And I wanted to see the bright lights and the fun and ended up, you know, having a law firm and, and being an entrepreneur that way by, by being a lawyer and helping other businesses. Cause that's, that, that came full circle for me. That's what my law firm does. We are, are designed to help keep businesses out of the courtroom mm. 
mm. uh, where, where basically everybody loses, but the lawyers. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing that. And, um, you know, it's interesting because at least for, for me, my initial assumptions, uh, not today, obviously, but like initially was that lawyers, um, I never really thought that they had to build a business. It was really odd. I don't know where my mind was going with that, but they just had this, I, I always thought of the big firms as, as you're mentioning and not thinking that, you know, these solo lawyers who decide to go on their own and be a smaller business, um, have to build a business uh, for themselves. And so I think it's interesting how you already have that entrepreneurial background. And when you were ready to have some kind of practice, such as being a lawyer, you were able to tie that together, even with your background of your family um, being in business for themselves already. Um, I, I say all that because I know that when um, a lot of people who are very talented get into business, they don't have that you know understanding of the business side. It's just more about their skill set. They just don't know how to build the structure and, and do the marketing and, and what have you. So that's what right. I was thinking about and think it's awesome that you you kind of are a, a double triple threat <laughs> i oh, i, I want to be clear though i was i was not at the beginning so i thought because i had initiative and i had always had ideas and i you know i had like uh candy machines in college and 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 i was always coming up with different business ideas that's more about the hustle and the initiative and, and the ideas but my first two and a half years I struggled to build the law firm. And I want to make mm. sure that that's very clear. It wasn't like, oh, I knew he knew business and he, he parlayed mm -hmm. that because I, and I, 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 I have a lot of like lunches and meetings with, with younger lawyers that asked for my help. But um, growing a business is not the same as, as going into business for yourself. And starting a law mm. firm these days is really easy. After you get a law degree, you just need a laptop, essentially. Mm. Um, it, it, it's really not being afraid to take risks and then to start making hires because because the the hiring side people will always be your number one asset and your number one pain point and and it's not easy to hire and then you can get discouraged and get the wrong people you can get burned or you can be like me and just be so afraid what i found out later through a lot of self-reflection and meditation mm. and reading books i was afraid of failure so i thought if i hired someone and then it didn't work out oh my gosh, the whole world was going to end and I was a failure and people were going to talk about me as if the whole world was just was focused on me. Mm. And I didn't hire anyone for two and a half years and until I finally just like I had it and I had to go for it. And, and somebody really gave me a good, you know, kick. And, and then I doubled my law firm immediately, the revenue. I'm like, well, maybe, maybe this works. I mean, it's really simple math when you think about it, but so many people can't get out of their own way. It's not just lawyers. There's so many business owners that are trying to be their own chef, their own hostess, their own waiter. And it's tough. And until you learn how to delegate and get out of your own way and be the owner instead of, you know, it goes back to the entrepreneurial myth, Michael Gerber, the e-myth. I mean, mm. you cannot be the technician and the business owner. You cannot be a, a great lawyer and run a great law firm. You have to choose, mm -hmm. in my opinion, at least until you get to a certain point. So um, that's really get staffed up. We, we help people for, for, you know, in a less expensive manner, because taking on, on those costs is, can be scary. Sometimes we help people with capacity and learn how to start delegating their way to doing what they really want to do with themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think that um, for growing businesses, delegating is one of the hardest things for most people to do. Cause just like you said, they feel like they kind of want to be the super <laughs> entrepreneur. They want to do it all. So when, when you have that type of clientele first come in, what, what is kind of the 
the mind shift that you have to take them through to get to that place where it's like, okay, I need to delegate and I need you to help me do that. So right, right now, um, we're, we're, our company is scaling very quickly. So we mm-hmm. have a sales team and frankly, we're, we're, we're making an impact, but not on the people that I would like to make an impact on right now. We're really helping people that, that know they need to add help, but mm. now they're like, Oh, wait a minute. Now I can do it for a little bit cheaper because it's offshore. We're all working virtually anyway, mm-hmm. or, or I'm tired of the high turnover. You know, I have a receptionist and they quit every three months. I'm tired of training. Mm. I'm tired of the revolving door. Cause it's very expensive and it, and it causes so much time. And we're, we solve the, the high turnover problem that most businesses, service-based businesses, and we're focused on lawyers, at least our marketing is, but we have a lot of non-lawyer clients, mm-hmm. um, you know, with those challenges, because we're, we find amazing, incredible people um, from Latin America, mostly. So there are time zone, a lot of the same cultural values. And, and they, let's, let's be honest, everybody speaks, you know, really good English around the world now, mm-hmm. you know, the ones that are educated. And so we're, we're helping a lot of people who are already at the, you know, three, four, five person range in terms of their firm or their attorneys. And then they know they want to add capacity. They just want to do it smarter and better than their competitors. They want to add more people, have more output, get more done faster for cheaper mm-hmm. so that they have more time to rinse and repeat it and beat the guy next door that they don't think, or the girl next door that they don't think is as good as them. Mm-hmm. Now, eventually we'll get to the point, Jen, where I, I, I don't want to sound, I don't want to sound a certain way, but hopefully I'll be on stage where I am. I am walking people through the mental steps that you need to go through to finally be okay with taking risks. Mm. Those are the people deep down because I was one of those people. I always thought I, I, I had all the answers and it turned out I didn't. And it was a very painful two and a half years for me, you know, new mm-hmm. marriage, new kid, new mortgage, and, and the business wasn't growing. And sometimes I didn't know where, where the next, you know, money was going to come from. Um, those are the people I'd really like to make a difference with. It just, you, you have, you, you can't do everything yourself. It just, mm-hmm. it, and, and the people are like, Oh yes, I can. It's not logical, right? Your ego is getting in the way of you putting the dots together to see that it's okay to hire someone who can answer your own phone, who can take messages. Who I mean, even the admin stuff, right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then eventually that can be a lawyer and that, and that can do a better job than you. So you can run the business and you can go make a bigger difference in more clients lives. And We'll, we'll, we'll get there someday. Uh, right now, though, the demand is, is kind of pushing us to just, you know, we're, we're, we're selling like hotcakes, if you will. And, and you know, one of the cool things and the biggest impact is we're, we're employing hundreds of people in other countries that they need steady income. And, and we're really helping the global economy. That's, that's such a cool benefit that I never thought about when we started yeah. this business, that we have been able to make a difference in a lot of families' lives. Yeah. And I appreciate you having that conversation about outsourcing outside of America. Um, I imagine that in itself is, uh, it could be controversial in a way, but even for myself as a small business owner throughout the years, I have outsourced my virtual assistants. And um, these, these are people with families too, you know, like my virtual assistant today, like she is because of um, just current events, like her husband is unemployed and they have a child and she's the breadwinner. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. if it wasn't for her working with us full time, um, you know, it, it, she, it would be a different situation for her. And she actually like left her, um, 
what is it? She actually left like her full-time job to work with us. At first I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you did that. But it worked out because <laughs> all the people there got let go. And so, um, so, you know, these are lives, like these are real people who are trying to make a living and raise their families as well. And so I think that, you know, Latin America, just like what you said, is um, a great uh, market, you know, to pull um, hirees from because like you said, the time zone and they could speak English and they can be on their laptops too. There's internet everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And so it's, I think it's a, you know, really important to uh, really educate on that and let people know like there's, there's smart people in other places too. <laughs> that's, that's our line. That's our line that there's, there's, there's amazing people born everywhere. You know, yeah. you, they don't have to be born in the United States. You're opening yourself up to global talent and you're taking advantage of, of, of economic arbitrage, right? It doesn't cost as much to employ someone somewhere else. So instead of not seeing your kids until 7 p.m. every every night. Maybe now you can see them at 5:30. What, what? There's nothing wrong with that. Um, and you know, arguably, we are helping people staff up and then grow their business to a point where they were hired domestically. Because we're not saying it's the only way to hire, even virtually domestically, mm-hmm. and and that provides more jobs than in the U.S. And, and so I think we're making a, a big difference. And I like that you said full time because the. The trick there is that our people are full-time virtual team members. Mm. They're not, they're not project-based virtual assistants. We're not an Upwork, you know, mm-hmm. a Fiverr, which we still use those, those, those services. We are finding full-time people dedicated just for you. The other advantage is that we're the employer. So we deal with the, the HR, the time off, the, the taxes, the withholding, all of the funky uh, labor laws in all the different countries because you pay us a flat fee every month, all in, you know, no taxes because we're the vendor. And then we, we pay your team member, but they work for you as the client full time. And yeah, we just have some amazing success stories that are a lot of fun. Yeah. I, it's just great to hear that your company is really in the up and up and even more so lately, you've been more in demand. Was there a particular um, event or, or situation where um, because something happened, more people are coming to you to to hire and outsource? Yeah. we, we Look, we already had plans to grow rather quickly and then coronavirus hit. And now, now, now it shifted the conversation from, wait, so, so they don't work in my office. Like they work through a computer. That was what we were always trying to, you know, to like get over that hump. It was as educational. And then we could have the conversation about how it works. Now people get it. It's just, you know, do I want to work with you or another company? There's not a lot of companies that that do what we do. Most of them play the time Tetris where they're selling like five hours to this person here. Mm. 20 hours there, they got a building in the Philippines that they fill with, you know, like sardines and people are, you know, stat, you know, next to each other with their headset. Um, so yeah, all of our people work from home and, and the coronavirus, we argue pushed advanced us and remote, you know, sort of work situations ahead a whole decade because a lot of big businesses know the benefits of spreading at your workforce, but, but small and service-based businesses really, it was, it was educational until recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so, Brett, I know that uh, you started your company in early 2018. Uh, so it's been about two years now. And again, you're already on the up and up. I'm curious to know, um, you know, what do you think has been your key to success so far in these last two years? The way that we're able to find the best of the best. And, mm-hmm. and if you spend a lot of time, which ends up being money, uh, and, and you try to do this yourself, 
Um, and then you, you end up as, as Tim Ferriss says in the, in the four hour work week, hiring, firing about seven of them. Eventually, can you find your own person, um, who's loyal to you, which then you still have to deal with labor laws and whatnot. Yeah. I mean, it's possible. And I know some people have been successful doing it, but, uh, what we're building in terms of our reputation in Latin America and the quality of people, Mm -hmm. we're starting to attract so much. Um, attention. And, and we have so much momentum right now. We had 5,000 people, Jen, mm-hmm. apply to work for us in Latin America last quarter, not wow. year, quarter. And we placed 55, meaning wow. that's that's 1%, you know, a fraction over 1% because we put them through the ringer. And that's how we're able to find the best of the best. And I mean that in a good way, because we're, we're attracting the kind of people that want to work for good companies in the United States. And that, look, nobody's perfect. We have yeah. had some people, they're humans, right? Some, sometimes things happen, but our track record is amazing. And that's because of, of the type of company we've built and the core values, which we've, we don't treat, you know, there, there, there are employees, there are team members and we treat them like family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. So let's, I want to talk a little bit more about the ringer, you know, the ringer that you take them through and, and how you vet uh, these people who are trying to get employment um, in, in America. What are some key things, uh, and I'm sure it's probably different depending on who you're staffing them for, but what are the key things you look for um, to hire someone or to help someone get hired? <laughs> yeah, so, so we have, um, it's like an eight step process. And Mm -hmm. along the way you can trip up. It's a lot of little things, attention to detail. You have to apply a certain way. You have to, you have to read everything we send you because we slip in instructions and and small paragraphs. Um, You know, it's, it's, it's the interview stage, which, you know, we record and, Mm -hmm. um, and then it's, 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 it's a special way we do reference checkings. It's background checks. It's um, uh, personality quizzes. There's, there's, and, and I'm being a little vague on purpose because that that is where we differentiate ourselves. Mm, right? That mm-hmm. that's the proprietary part of of why we've been able to to build what we've built. But the process is is so thorough that that most of the people that make it through are are are, are going to be really good team members for you. Awesome. I love it. And I appreciate you, Brett, for just um, sharing as much as you can share <laughs> without giving too much away. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Yeah. Uh, with Get Staffed Up, Brett, is there anything else that you want our listeners to know about your company? Uh, about our company? I mean, I mean, look, we, we, we're not the first people to invent offshore staffing. Mm-hmm. Just we're, we're, we're taking it to a different level. This is, this is, this is full-time team members. And now that you're on zoom anyway, if you, if maybe you're, maybe you're not, maybe you're back in your office. Um, but a lot of companies are at least keeping some remote component of, of, of moving forward. You know, I really think coronavirus changed the world in, in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you should treat people, even if you never work with us, but, but you want to start looking at virtual employees, both domestically and internationally, you got to treat people as, as team members and include your virtual team on your virtual meetings, on your weekly meetings, on your morning huddles, on your mm. newsletters, on your WhatsApp chats, on your uh, do, vir- do virtual Zoom events, you know, dress up for Halloween, do wine nights. Um, that's how you build a company culture, even though it's virtually. And, and mm-hmm. I, I just don't want people to miss that part. 
So, you know, about our company, look, we're, we're, we're relatively new. And the more we grow, the more resources and value we're going to be able to, to do more training for, for virtual staff members. And, and someday when we're back, you know, in person conventions and, and do more, more um, sort of giveaways on how to hire, whether it's through us or not, because yeah, we're, 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 we're trying to make a big impact. And so I, I just think, you know, we're, we're, we're built um, to, to really have sustainable growth in, in a good way. Yeah, yeah, no, it sounds like it. And the key thing that you mentioned there is a culture, you know, making sure people feel like they're part of the company, or like you mentioned earlier, they are, uh, they feel like they're part of the family. I, th- I think that's a, the key to building sustainability, um, you know, with staffing, and even just in, in your own business. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Brett, I really enjoyed our conversation today. Thank you so much for being here. Thank, thank you, Jen. I, I did want to give an offer to your listeners because um, I, I was asked to do that one time. And I, again, I was like, well, I wish <laughs> I would have thought of that. Um, if you go to getstaffedup.com slash VIP and you mentioned thoughtful entrepreneur or, or you know, Jen Amos or you reference this podcast, um, you will get a, a $250 discount off of your startup fee. So we have a small startup fee just so people have stake in the game. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then we have a way that you earn that back. That's, that's not a moneymaker for us whatsoever. Mm-hmm. That's just, um, you know, so, so people get started. But we'll give you a $250 discount. And then later on, you can earn another $500 back uh, through the process. So it, it makes it, again, um, another, another way to we, – we, we don't care as much about – you know, the, the money aspect. We care about you as an entrepreneur, as a business owner. We want you to learn that delegation is not a dirty word. Mm. Delegate your way to freedom. It'll change your life. It'll change your family's life. It'll change the person's life to whom you're delegating. Awesome. Powerful. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing that, Brett. And thank you again for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure talking with you today. Thanks so much, Jen. I loved it. Yeah. And again, to our listeners, this is Brett Tremblay, the co-founder of Get Staffed Up. Uh, also, he we talked about this a little offline. He is also the podcast host of Between Two Friends. So check that out. And if you want to get that $250 discount for the startup fee, check out his website, getstaffedup.com forward slash VIP. Thanks again for joining us. And we'll chat with you in the next episode. Tune in next time. Thanks for listening to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag upmyinfluence each month. We scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform, and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're going to promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans, totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, 
seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement.